Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice Born of the Cape. To serve. My eyes see injustice. My hands work for change. My tongue sings the sorrow of my heart. The love of Allah combined with hope. Let's hold hands as we make a start. Alhamdulillah. 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 Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You are tuned into the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM, the program being Born to Serve, a magazine show that focuses on leaders who fulfill the role of serving the community and ummah and ultimately Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Born to Serve is inspired by the part of verse 30 in Surah Baqarah, which translates as, Verily, I will create a khalifa on the earth. Now with regards to the part of the verse in Surah Baqarah, the word Khalifa can be translated as success of authority. But because the Arabic language is such a rich language, oftentimes we find that the English translation is not adequate enough to describe what a Khalifa is. So we ask ourselves, what is a Khalifa? Now there are many connotations for this, some of which are guardian of the earth, caretaker or ruler. Now a scholar describes a Khalifa by saying, imagine someone owning a big farm, but he wants to delegate someone else to look after it for him. So he chooses certain qualified people or a person to oversee the running of the farm. And this person should make sure that a code of conduct must be adhered to. They should check the character and look after themselves as well as those who work at the farm. When people do wrong, they should correct them and they should teach them. In other words, they should basically lead by example. And then also they should make sure that things on the farm run smoothly. Now the word Khalifa, which means vicegerent, visory or successor, in Islamic law refers to the person who holds the delegated authority to enforce the Islamic law and religion. This is basically a summary of a Khalifa, but just happens to be on a smaller scale. Now we do not find ourselves in an Islamic country or state, but we do find ourselves in the southernmost tip of Africa, in Cape Town. When we refer to Khalifas, we refer to our very first Ustad, who taught us the basic of our the basics of our religion that we required at the, a very tender age. Now we think of our Khalifa that often had his madrasa out of his very home. We think of those dedicated men and women who taught us how to bacha, who taught us couplets, and who taught us many other things like stories of the Anbiya and the Sifat of Allah and how to perform Salah. Now these men and women planted the seeds of knowledge in us and would often do it free of charge. They definitely served the entire community on a large scale. Today, alhamdulillah, we are honored and blessed to have many institutions in Cape Town. We are also honored to have many scholars and leaders in our community, of whom many are internationally recognized. These khulafa, while studying many years at the various international and local institutions, they moved away from the comfort of their homes, away from their family, and all of this to pursue the knowledge of deen. Now, they spend their days giving back to the community, 
And one of our local scholars once said, A good teacher doesn't just pass on the knowledge, keeping his student where he is. On the contrary, a good teacher imparts knowledge in such a manner that he wants his student to surpass him. He wants his student to be better than him. Alhamdulillah, this is the character of our leaders. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Indeed, the best of you are those who have the most beautiful character. And in another version, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam states, Indeed, from amongst you, the most beloved to me are those who have the most beautiful character. This hadith can be found in Sahih Bukhari. And the reward for good character is also very great, as the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam has informed us. There is nothing more weighty on the scale of good deeds than having beautiful character. This hadith can be found in the Sunan of Abu Dawud. Now on the show, we will look to be inspired by the character, dedication and achievements of these giants of our time, so that we might follow in their footsteps, inshallah. By striving in the right path, and by striving in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and having good partners too, we lay a foundation of a pure, good and wholesome family. And through this, we are able to solve many of the problems that corrupts the community and society at large. Inshallah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of the salihin and the muttaqin. Inshallah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us benefit from these khulafa that we find ourselves, uh, that we find in our community. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to inspire us so that we can become khulafa ourselves, so that we can represent this religion of ours, so that we can call people to Islam by showing our great character, inshallah. Going on Umrah, looking for the best deal on foreign exchange? Look no further. Contact Inter-Africa Bureau de Change for the best rate and pay no commission. We accept all means of payment. To book your currency order, contact Rafika Abrams on 082-307-6905 or visit our Strand Street office in Cape Town, Mondays to Fridays from 8am to 5pm and Saturdays from 9am to 1pm. Inter-Africa, we rate you the best. Life is competitive, and as I grow older, I realize how important it is to make use of opportunities when you can. I hear that False Bay TVET College is now open for semester two registration. I think I should tell my niece to apply. All she needs to do is visit falsebaycollege.co.za. So many courses and opportunities. She'll be equipped to succeed. Perhaps then she too will be able to say, False Bay College, my dream, my college. Born to serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands work for change, my tongue sing the sorrow of my heart. The love of Allah combined with hope. Let's hold hands as we make a start. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and a very warm welcome to the Voice of the Cape on 91.3 FM. The program you are tuning to is Born to Serve, the program that focuses on leaders who fulfill the role of serving the community, the ummah and ultimately Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Born to Serve is inspired by the part of the verse in Surah Baqarah which translates as, Verily, 
I will create a Khalifa on the earth. And one such Khalifa is our guest, who is Sheikh Kamaluddin Ahmed. He is a qualified Islamic scholar and university academic in the field of Islamic studies, specializing in Quran, Hadith, law, history, spirituality, and ethics. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and welcome, Mufti. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. Mufti, could you tell us about your education, Min Fadli? Alhamdulillah, Ta'ala blessed us to spend many, many years of our lives studying. I was born and raised in New York, and my primary high school education was at the United Nations International School. My father was uh, an officer at the UN. And then uh, I went to college, and my first degree was in political philosophy at the University of Chicago. And when I was there, I began to get interested in deen. And so I took a second major in Arabic and Islamic civilization. And at that time, then I also wanted to study the classical texts of deen, Quranic, Arabic, then Quran, Tafsir. So I found some ulama who were imams in different masajid. And because they were mostly free during the day, other than leading prayers, so one or two of them, I asked them to start teaching me. And this was around the early 1990s. And I continued both the university and classical Islamic education together as long as I could until I reached a point in my life that I realized I have to now ultimately pick and specialize in one of them. So then I thought where I could go to study Islamic education. And alhamdulillah, my parents were very supportive and they were willing to let me go anywhere that I would want in the Muslim world. And so I had met, alhamdulillah, scholars from Syria, Yemen, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, India, who had, many of them who had visited America across those years. But ultimately, I actually did decide to go to Pakistan. Although one can say that Yemen and Mauritania were close in consideration. But I felt that the ulama that I had met from Pakistan who had visited America had an extra special taqwa and sunnah about them. As far as ilm and scholarship goes, I was equally impressed by many of the ulama that I met. But this is what struck me, was the feeling of love for Allah Ta'ala that I felt in their heart. So then I traveled to Pakistan, and I completed the classical system of Islamic education there, known as Dersin Azami, where I qualified as an alim, and then I did the mufti course. And then after five, six years, I spent teaching Islamic learning, and also I was lecturing in Islamic studies at a university, and then I decided to go back and pursue more education. So I began uh, a PhD program at Oxford, and I first completed my master's, and now, inshallah, I have one year left in my PhD in Islamic history. Jazakallah khairan for that, Mufti. Now, Mufti, you mentioned your education in Pakistan. Could you enlighten us about being a student of the Honorable Sheikh Zulfikar Ahmed? Yes, Alhamdulillah, in 1994, which is 21 years ago, I had the blessing and good fortune from Allah Ta'ala to meet my Shaykh. He was on tour in America, and I was a young man of 20 years old, and I had the chance to attend his lecture in Chicago. And when I met the Shaykh, I felt like he was the answer to my du'as, because those days I was reading a lot of Imam al-Ghazali and Imam al-Haddad, and I was making du'a to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, Ya Rab, these are the type of people I need to find. So that in addition to studying Arabic and knowledge, but what I really need is to get the feelings for you in my heart. 
So I was making dua that Allah Ta'ala guide me to someone, a teacher, who can teach me the feelings of Islam. Because Alhamdulillah, I had found people who could teach me the meanings of Islam. So Alhamdulillah, when I met my Shaykh, and in his very first lecture and discourse, you can say he won my heart, and it was love at first sight. And this is very important that all of us who are students of deen, not only must we sit with the ulama, but we must befriend the awliya. And the awliya Allah are those who have the feelings for Allah in their heart. So they guide us how to feel that love for Allah Ta'ala, how to feel that fear for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, how to feel that need and dependence on Allah Ta'ala, how to make dua to Allah Ta'ala, how to improve our salah, how to make the dhikr of Allah, how to remember Him all the time. So then a whole new world of learning opened up for me. And this is something I never seen because growing up in New York, you don't come across this concept in schools or in American universities, this concept of feelings. Their learning and development of a human being is all based on external knowledge. So Alhamdulillah, when I met the Shaykh, I, a whole new aspect of my own personality opened up. And then I realized that Islam isn't just about nourishing my mind, but Islam is ultimately about enlightening my heart. Alhamdulillah, shukran for that, Mufti. Now, Mufti, you mentioned you you mentioning about how important it is and how your Sheikh inspired you. And so, could you just touch on how important it is to have a dedicated teacher to guide one? You know, a lot of people have confusion about this issue, so sometimes I use an example to explain it. You see, in the 1980s and 90s, when we used to make a road trip, so we had to have a map. Either it was a large map that we would have to unfold, or it was these multi-page road atlases. Then, as technology came, they developed sat-nav, satellite navigation, GPS, TomTom, Garmin. And what is that? It's the same map. The map hasn't changed. But the difference was that now you had somebody to guide you how to navigate that map. So the reality is that the Qur'an and Sunnah is the only map for Deen of Islam. But a person who doesn't have a shaykh, they must try to understand the map themselves and they must navigate their life course and decisions according to the map on their own. And the person who has a shaykh, it's like having guided navigation. So our mashaykh, they only guide us in Qur'an and Sunnah, but because they're more learned, they have more experience, they're more sincere, they're closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they can understand things about us that sometimes we may not be able to perceive in ourselves, so we get that guided navigation. That's why classically a shaykh was referred to in Arabic as a murshid. Murshid comes from rushd, irshad, from guidance. So the murshid was the one who would guide us and tutor us along the path of Shukran for that Mufti and that is truly a, a great example I mean for myself taking into account that example that's a great example I never thought about it in that way Shukran for that Mufti Inshallah we will be going for a short ad break and when we return we continue our interview with Mufti Alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Welcome back to the Airways of the Voice of the Cape The program is Born to Serve and with us we have uh, none other than Mufti Shaykh Kamaluddin Ahmed and uh, inshallah we'll continue with the interview now mufti this program is titled born to serve inspired by part of the verse in surah baqarah that translates as behold thy lord said to the angels i will create a vicegerent on the earth that is the quran chapter 2 verse 30. could uh, mufti elaborate on how ordinary people could understand this verse you know what allah is telling the angels here inni ja'ilun khalifa 
that indeed I'm going to place my Khalifa on earth. Now this is a tremendous responsibility for each and every single one of us. And it's not just for believers, actually this is the Quranic concept of humanity, that the human is meant to represent the will and wish of Allah Ta'ala on earth. The human is meant to represent Allah Ta'ala's mercy and compassion to all of the creatures on earth. So this is a tremendous responsibility, but also a tremendous honor of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala that He chose from all of His infinitely vast creation to select us for this Khilafah, for His representation. You can imagine like this when we talk about the Khulafai Rashidun, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, Sayyidina Umar, Sayyidina Uthman, Sayyidina Ali, Radiallahu Ta'ala Anmajma'in, and what do we call them? We call them Khalifatul Rasul, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that they're the Khalifa of the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and that gives them a special status. Well, look at this verse, Allah Ta'ala telling every insan, every person, that you're a Khalifatullah, you are the Khalifa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this means we must, all of us are not just ambassadors of Islam, we are actually ambassadors of Allah. We are supposed to be deputies showing the will, wish, mercy, compassion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it gives us a great vision and mission of life. And if you contrast this with the secular, scientific, atheistic concept of life, that we were just an accident and our whole life is just a series of accidents and we will end up disintegrating into the earth, never to be born again. So that's a very sad concept of life. It's very difficult to find purpose, meaning and value in that vision of life. But Allah Ta'ala has outlined for us in Qur'an Al-Kareem a noble vision that you are here to represent God's will to humanity. And who takes up this mantle? Obviously Mu'mineen. So those of us who are believers, we must learn more about Allah Ta'ala, learn more about Qur'an, learn more about Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and fulfill this role. And another amazing thing about this verse is that Allah Ta'ala is telling this to the angels. And the angels are those creation who always obey Allah, who always worship Allah, who always love Allah. Allah Ta'ala is telling them that no, I'm going to create a creation that has the potential, not every human will be, but has the potential to be even better than you. Now this humbles us and shows us how much hopes Allah Ta'ala has for us. What great hopes our kind and loving and merciful Rabb has placed in us so we should rise to the occasion, rise to the challenge, so to speak, and we should try to be as good a slave to our Lord as wonderful our Lord has been a Rabb to us. Um, Jazakallah for that, uh, Mufti. Certainly an inspiring verse. Now, Mufti, could you tell us about the Zainab Academy, uh, the online academy, as a... Uh, it is uh, really influential, and when reading about it, I was really impressed. So could you enlighten us about that, inshallah? Actually, Alhamdulillah, Zainab Academy Online uh, is the website, zainabacademyonline.org. That all credit for that really has to go to my noble wife. And it was her great concern that there are many women who are unable to come to our live classes in different countries and cities where we have established these centers of learning. Yeah. And sometimes women have permission issues from their parents or husband. Sometimes women need flexible timings. So she felt that we should make use of this technology to yeah. try to bring the teachings of the ulama and the feelings of Oliya to women right in their home. So this was really the birth concept of Zainab Academy online. And this began in 2008 And alhamdulillah now we are in our 
but it would be seventh or eighth or ninth year, and we have already graduated our first batches of alimas who actually were able to successfully complete, and they were examined by an external board of scholars. They were able to complete the alima course online, so we even offer that full-fledged online. The way it works is that uh, obviously there are certain timings and sections for the classes, but we also have a recordings option that if a student you know, signs an agreement that they will diligently listen to the recording before the next class because maybe the time zone doesn't suit her, maybe she's busy with her children so she needs more flexibility. So we let them self-pace themselves by listening to the recordings and then their assignments that periodically check their progress and learning and there's an annual assessment exercise. But one of the beautiful things about this uh, particular website that we receive feedback from our students is that because it's all women institute online so the women openly freely are able to comfortably chat with each other on the forums they get to know one another they make personal connections they're inspired by each other so it's almost like that woman who wants and was desperately needy for the company of other female seekers on the path to become closer to Allah Ta'ala but maybe because she was busy with children or serving her elderly parents or she lived in some remote country or area where there were a few Muslims she didn't have access to that nurturing supportive community so we tried to create that community for her online and Hamza, I think even more than the academic uh, success or achievement of Zainab Academy for me personally this is my dream that women should have a place where they can spiritually develop, where they can purify their heart, where they can learn to become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So although on the one hand it's like an online darloom, we prefer to view it as an online Hanukkah or Zawiya or an online uh, retreat and spiritual sanctuary for the women. Alhamdulillah, shukran for that Mufti And indeed our female listeners should check that out online As Mufti has mentioned the great benefits of this online academy We will be going for a short ad break And we return with a continuation of our Born to serve My eyes see injustice My hands work for change My tongue sing the sorrow of my heart Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to the Ears of the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. We're conducting an interview with Sheikh uh, Kamaluddin Ahmed, Mufti Kamaluddin Ahmed, and inshallah we will continue with our interview. Now, Mufti, how important is it to be an inspiring leader, especially being a Muslim leader? You know, every leader has to inspire their followers with the true feelings and mission of Deen of Islam. And so it's very difficult for us to lead others unless we have the attributes inside ourselves. And what we find a lot of very well-meaning and sincere Muslims, sometimes they, even without their own deliberate intent, they find themselves thrust into leadership positions, but they don't have the ability, capability, spiritual talent themselves yet. And this causes a dichotomous life. So on the one hand, they're a dynamic public speaker, she's an activist worker in the community, but inside she's still missing Fajr, he's still being angry. So they're stuck in these two worlds. Now, 
sometimes that happens because the Ummah is in a state of crisis, in a state of need. So you will see, for example, when there's a fire in the house, you can't wait for the expert firefighters to come. Every person in the house has to try to put out that fire. So if Allah Ta'ala has blessed anyone, selected anyone, given anyone the opportunity to have any type of leadership role or position in the Ummah, the first thing is they must let themselves be inspired by the Quran Al-Kareem, by the Sunnah of Nabi Al-Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They must let themselves be inspired by the ulama and awliya of this ummah and when they are inspired themselves only then they will be able to inspire others so actually it doesn't you, one in fact it's against adab and humility to try to consciously be inspiring to others rather what we have to do is try to consciously actively ourselves be inspired and those who are inspired are always naturally inspiring so it's important that and, and a lot of people don't understand this because they think that when they have leadership positions or they become teachers they no, no longer need to be students but actually those who are teachers and leaders and speakers and activists especially the activists they are in the most need of sitting with the mashaikh and awliya and learning from them the zikr of Allah Ta'ala and learning the feelings of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala otherwise we're in danger of the activism being reduced to empty slogans or the activism being used to dry efforts and then those efforts will not be able to spiritually rejuvenate and enlighten and revive this ummah. Now, so Mufti, you focus on purification of the heart when addressing communities. Why is this such an importance? Well, you know, I'll give you a wonderful example. Uh, I can even, for example, tie this back to our Zainab Academy. So although very initially in 2008, the only course we offered was the Alama course. But then what we realized is that as a specialized course, what people really need is how to control their anger, how to overcome their lustful desires for opposite gender, how to eliminate the envy, jealousy, and backbiting, how to be happily married, how to raise our children so that they have pure hearts. So then very quickly we started offering a whole wide range of other courses, shorter courses, workshops, and we found that this is actually the real essential core basic need of the people. So not everyone may become an Islamic scholar, but everyone has to purify their heart. And the emphasis in this comes from Allah Ta'ala Himself in Quran, when Allah Ta'ala mentions the Day of Judgment, and says that no one will succeed on that on that day, illa man bikalbin salim, except that person who brings to Allah Ta'ala a pure heart. And so, when people learn how to be better in their marriage, better as parents, how to control their anger and lust and greed and unlawful feelings, then their heart becomes purified. Then, what happens is then they themselves now are able to experience and feel the salah and zikr more. They experience the recitation of Quran more. They're automatically on their own more attracted to learn Quran and Hadith. So actually it was the impurities in the heart that were the real obstacle and impediments to our growth in deen. So Alhamdulillah when our Mashaikh trained us like this, so like they say in English, one should nip the evil in the bud. One should begin at the beginning. One should start at the origin and the source. And in our deen, the asl, the asl is the heart, the spiritual heart of a person. Mufti, now you mentioned about the purification of the heart. So what would Mufti advise people who don't know where to start changing their lives to start with? I think really uh, because this is something that has helped me personally and 
enabled me to help others personally is really one needs to begin with the guidance and the guide. Now, when we look at the guidance, for some people, especially when they're not scholars, the Quran and Sunnah seems to them to be a vast ocean of meaning, which indeed it is. But the benefit of having a guide is what our mashayikh do, is they extract topical presentations from the Qur'an and Sunnah. For example, they will give a lecture on the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's their job in that lecture that from different verses of Qur'an and different hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to make a presentation on that topic. And that is very useful for the beginner. Otherwise, if she was to hear, she was to try, let me read entire Qur'an and all the hadith and myself try to find out what it means to love for Allah Ta'ala, that task is too enormous for them. It requires more time than they're able to spare. So one should try to connect to the teachings of Mashaikh and ulama on these topics. And one should start with a topic. So we have another website called IslamicSpirituality.org where we have tried to put up now, alhamdulillah, there are several hundred or maybe even a thousand lectures on different topics. So a person should visit the site and browse and see what topic they feel they need, what's missing in their life. Then they should listen. They should learn. But they should learn and listen with their heart, not just with their ear. And then they should try to practice it. They should try to put those teachings of deen into practice in their life. Now, it comes in that stage when we try to practice these things. That's when we need a guide. You see, to just listen or to just read, these are passive activities. But when we try to actively change ourselves, then sometimes we need help. Sometimes we're confused. We say, okay, you know, I know this is wrong, but at the same time I work in a particular environment or I live in a particular society. How am I supposed to reconcile these things? How do I manage it? Or some many times people have individual circumstances, personal situations, so they need that one-to-one -one guidance. They need somebody who understands Islam, but they also need somebody who understands them in order to map this matchmaking between them and the deen. So then after a person listens to the different talks and tries to practice them in their life and they should try to learn some zikr of Allah Ta'ala and make that in their life, then they should seek individual guidance so that they can be personally tutored in their spiritual development to get closer to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Jazakallah khairan for that Mufti. We have come towards the end of our interview and I'd just like to end off with this question. Mufti, do you have any future plans or ideals with regards to the online institutions and with, uh, as Mufti has mentioned, Mufti studies, etc.? Well, I think because we're ending, I will just mention something for the very immediate near future is that Alhamdulillah we will be spending the rest of Ramadan here in South Africa. So we invite all of our men and women listeners Firstly, to listen to the talks. All the talks will be broadcast live on the internet site www.islamicspirituality.org So we like to feel that we have come for the whole country and for every community and every background not just for any particular single masjid where we may happen to give a talk and I think if the men and women listening if they can listen to the few talks we've given thus far where I spoke a lot about Ramadan and the importance of Ramadan and if they can catch up and continue with us this would be the best thing I could offer our listeners in the immediate future and for the men who are listening there's a great sunnah act in Ramadan which is to spend the last 10 days in itikaf in a masjid Alhamdulillah Allah has blessed us that we will be performing and conducting an all English program of itikaf 
itself in the Stanger Masjid, which is a place near Durban. Now, I know it's a little bit far, particularly for our listeners here in Cape Town, but sometimes when we travel for the sake of deen, we get a certain blessing and barakah from Allah Ta'ala. We get a disconnect from our worldly life and routine. So we'd like to humbly extend an open invitation to any and all of the men who are listening to join us in the masjid for all or even part of those 10 days. And then when a person spends this intensive time in the zikr and worship of Allah Ta'ala, then wonderful things happen and heart change. And all the women can continue to listen to all of those programs from the last 10 days broadcast on the same website. So the women may sit and do itikaf in their home and they may listen to the programs. And alhamdulillah, we have a special series of ladies programs that we conduct at 11 a.m. every morning of those last 10 days. So this is our immediate plan for the immediate future. And we make dua for all of the men, women, listeners, all of the people of Cape Town and this country and all of the believers that may Allah Ta'ala inspire our hearts in Ramadan and may He make this month of Ramadan the best Ramadan of our life, the life-changing Ramadan of our life. That was Mufti Sheikh Kamaluddin Ahmed. We say Jazakallah Khairan to you for taking out of your time to join us. Inshallah, may we always be inspired by you and by our pious predecessors, Inshallah. And may we keep on the Sirat al-Mustaqim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum as-salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah Khairan.